Hey, bunch of besties. Welcome back to Bunch of Beauties. My name is Sam Prevo. It's been a hot minute, but we're here and we're thriving, kind of. And as always, I'm joined by Jennifer Molia. Um, yeah, thriving, kind of. That's a valid assessment. Um, we kind of did like our little banter before we started the recording, but um what can be my little bit oh we were talking about hibachi because i got hibachi for my mom's birthday day um so that'll be my bit today is that i had noodles and i'm i'm very happy about it jen is happy and full of noodles uh, so true so true and i am ariel melendez um i don't have a bit per usual because it's always hard to follow up anything that jen says so i just sit here and i vibe that's really the, that's really the vibes are immaculate they really are well it's been a minute since we recorded and we're very aware of that um i was very sick i thought i had got i thought i got got by miss rona but i didn't um and then ariel was on vacation in st louis so uh we decided we can't record without all three of us together so we're finally recording today so true um but yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about that you guys have been up to since we last spoke? What Ooh, have you guys been up to? I can talk about um, CT Ice was last weekend. <gasps> yes, talk about CT Ice because uh, the Quinnipiac Bobcats are the kings of Connecticut. So true. Um, yeah, it's funny. when So QBSN, Quinnipiac Bobcats, Sports Network. Um, when we do, uh, like assignments for who gets to do what for each game, we do like a Google form and basically you check off like, um, what days you're free, like what times you're free and like what positions you want to do for each day. Um, and I had checked off, um, I, I don't even think it was listed as CT ice. I think it was just listed as like a Quinnipiac versus Sacred Heart away game. And I was like, oh yeah, I can do that if like somebody drives me and I checked it off. Um, and then like a couple weeks later, a group chat got me like CT ice team. They're like, who's excited? And I was like, me, now that I know what's going on. Um, <laughs> and it was, it was fun. It was definitely a chaotic first day on Saturday because we got hit as uh, so this was a week from today. So when people are listening, it'll be a week from a week and a day. I don't know, brain. Um, but that, that was when Connecticut got hit pretty bad with snow. I think we got about a foot in Hamden. I know some places had it worse, some places had it better. Um, and so we were kind of deciding, like, do we still want to go? Like, it was it was only in Bridgeport, so it was, like, half an hour away. But still, it's sort of, like, risky, and it's, like, a bunch of teenagers and, like, 20-year-olds in a car. <laughs> like, so we, we weren't sure if we wanted to go. Um, but we made the decision to go. And I'm really glad that we did because we we had a lot of fun, like, even just on the first day. Like, even if they had lost, like, I think we would have looked back on it. Well, we're unbiased, so we don't care if they lose. But <laughs> even if they lost, I think we would have had a good time. Um, and it was just cool, you know, like, I had a credential with my name on it from SNY. Like, that's a cool yeah. thing. Like, um, and yeah, so I, I do uh, multimedia production for QBSN, which is like making graphics during the games, live tweeting the games, um, fun, fun little things like that. And what I love about doing multimedia production is when I can get set up next to whoever is doing the call for the day. So there are some games where that can't happen, like the volleyball setup, I can't, or like um, 
if there's a game at like the field hockey and soccer stadium and there's not enough seats like where the broadcasters are going to be i can't um but that weekend i got to be next to the guys who were on the call for both games which was great so my my friends clever streich and mike singer um were on the call both days um and they did great i i could listen to them call every game just truly like such talented people um Kaylin Terry was with us to do photography. She did awesome. And Shonda Versa was there to do uh, game recaps, to do writing. Um, so we had a nice little team. And Quinnipiac won, as Sam said. They won in overtime against Sacred Heart, which was... It, it was very much an away game for Quinnipiac. Like, there were dudes with their shirts off with, like, SHU written on them. Like, it, it, it was scary. Um, but... OT winner the call was great being able to cover that game was just very cool um and then what did we do after the game oh we went to McDonald's after the game food key part of the journey and then the next day Sunday we went to Duncan before the game and they had run out of like every donut which was fine so we all just got coffee and Quinnipiac won it was frankly one of the most boring hockey games I've ever watched just we were we were all running out of things to do in our respective areas like the guys on the call were running out of things to talk about i didn't know what to tweet about i was just tweeting like how much time was left in the period every couple minutes sean was like what am i gonna write this recap about um but once they scored that first goal and kind of broke the silence like the whole building just came alive it was very cool and then that empty net goal kind of everybody exhaled a little bit and they won, which was very cool. Yaniv Peretz, the goaltender, was insane the whole game. He's been playing insane the whole year. Um, and just Quinnipiac has a ton of great players. Zach Metza has been really great. Wyatt Bundervani, the captain, has been great. Um, Joey Cipollone was great, um, which I wasn't really expecting. Not that he's not good, but I was just kind of like, okay, pop off. Um and yeah just a a very very cool experience and everybody got really great content out of it like we got some pretty great interaction on my tweets clever and mike um i think we already have like an audiogram from the ot call um up on the instagram which is doing pretty good um kaylin's photos were awesome sean's articles were really great so just a really cool experience um got to make my funky little linkedin post about it add it to the resume um and I'm I'm looking forward to more stuff. We we talk in QBSN about like going to NCAA tournaments and MAC tournaments and things like that yeah, for all the different sports. The I I'm I'm very excited at the the thought yeah. of the Frozen Four. Yeah, um, a lot of, and, a lot of people went to Tampa when we went to the national championship. Yeah, my sophomore year at Quinnipiac, a lot mm-hmm. of the sports department at the TV station uh, decided to make the trip down to tampa to cover cover the game and then some people just went as fans but yeah it's really no it's it's all very exciting and especially the fact that like all four of our winter sports teams like men's and women's basketball and men's and women's hockey both have like a legit shot this year like all four of them are great teams i just covered the um (laughs) i talked about the men's basketball team (laughs) i just covered the um the women's basketball team against maris the other night which they're just a super fun team to watch. I mean, have you met McKen- Trish yet? I have not met Trish because I haven't gotten um I haven't gotten to a press conference yet because she's a literal for, icon for non Quinnipiac people. The basketball and hockey games are on a different campus from where most people live. So 
I have to put my silly little self on a silly little shuttle and risk my life to cover games, which is a little scary. Um, but that that team's just great. I mean, Mackenzie DeWeese, I'm glad that she's getting like the Mac recognition because she's insane. Raven Douglas has been great. I'm trying to think. I I feel bad like naming players because really all the teams are just so much fun to watch. Um, but yeah, Amani Free had an insane game the other night. Michaela Morris really had a great breakout game. Um, and what's cool about it is like, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know that I like hockey and that I liked uh, covering CT Ice. But getting like involved with different sports through QB- QBSN has been really great. Like the first game I ever covered for them was field hockey. Like that yeah. was very cool. I've done field hockey. I've done volleyball. I've done basketball and hockey. So I'm excited for the spring. I hear good things about baseball season. Baseball um, season's fun. And that that's my little yeah. that's my little thing. Um, I don't have a game on the game sheet for the rest of the month, so I get to lay low a little bit. But next week we are having um, my noted Twitter mutual, Liz Flynn, Quinnipiac legend, New York Liz! Mets legend. Um, she's coming in next week um, for I like a Liz. social and photography workshop, and I I loved her before I went to Quinnipiac, so very excited very excited to meet the queen she's a wonderful person uh we got closer like through awesome when i awsm association of women in sports media so true um but yeah i mean you're giving me like all the nostalgia vibes because (laughs) i that's the one thing i miss the most about quinnipiac is like being in that environment and like Mm -hmm. covering the sports teams and like doing all that fun stuff like i that women's basketball team was one of the most exciting things about like being at on campus them and the and the yeah. hockey teams um trish is like the most amazing woman the most amazing coach she's just awesome and they made the sweet 16 i think for the first time when i was there and mm-hmm. just being the national recognition finally because we're in a mid-major conference in basketball it's not like hockey where we're in the ecac which is a pretty well-known conference like we're in the mac which never call it the Mac conference. Cause that means Metro Atlantic athletic conference, 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 conference. <laughs> never say it. Um, so true. But yeah, that's my spiel. But my one thing I wanted to say about it, cause you reminded me of a story talking about getting on the shuttle in the snow and everything. Yes. I was covering, I want to say a basketball game. I was going up to, at the time it was TD bank sports, set, sports center, not people's United. People's um, United. <laughs> And yes yes so i think jen knows this pretty well but when you go to Quinnipi- go to quinnipiac and you decide you want to film a game you have to go to the studio the q30 studio in the morning you'll get all the equipment you need from whoever's there that morning and you have to take it up yourself to the arena and set yes. up the shot and film the game so I carried broadcast bag number one through rain and sleet and snow this yep. week. <laughs> so I, and I always, I mean, I try to dress really nice when I was covering games. So I would wear yeah. like my nice, like, you know, profesh outfit. And so I logged, I don't remember if I had a light kit, but I definitely had a tripod and a camera bag. And I went all the way up because like, they weren't even sure if they were going to have this game. That's how bad the snow was. Oh God. And I was all by myself and I went up to TD and I filmed the game. I filmed everything. And then I went and I trudged through the snow back to the shuttle stop and it was still snowing. And then I went back down to the, to the Q30 studio and I edited and it was, it was a long, long, wet, snowy day. It was a lot, but those are the things. See, I still remember that. And I graduated eons ago. So 
uh it's just it's cool i'm living but i told you when i i on the anniversary of my yeah. acceptance that i'm living vicariously through you because i damn i miss school sometimes uh <laughs> But yeah, uh, just keep an eye out for the Bobcats, guys, because they're uh, about to break the NCAA record for shutouts in a season. So that's, true. That's I mean, men's just, hockey team. Just such good goaltending between Pretz and St. Cyr. Just also, and I, I have to say, we did like um, a hockey roundtable at the beginning of the season, and everybody said that St. Cyr was going to be like the number one, the best goalie, which is true. St. Cyr is great. But noted correct person, Caitlin Terry, said that Yaniv would be the star. And he, he has been. So, Caitlin was correct. <laughs> the two best Bobcat goalies since Michael Gartig. Noted King, Michael Gartig. So true. So true. Um, but anyway, let's get yeah. Ariel involved in this conversation. And yeah. <laughs> let's I'm talk just sitting about, here, like, writing. Let's get, um, let's get serious for a second because that way we just, we talk about this. And we get our thoughts out, and then we can talk all-star. Um, but this is a topic that needs to get discussed. Um, I feel like yeah. everyone's been talking about it, rightfully so. And I have a lot of thoughts on it. Um, and I'm sure you guys have both seen slash read everything, but a little TLDR. Let's um, give a little recap. <laughs> so following um, everything that's been going on with Kyle Beach and John Doe 2 and the settlements and everything... Um, and the change in leadership within the Blackhawks organization, they decided to hold a town hall where fans and media were invited. And it was the Wurtzes. I don't remember if there was, I think it was Danny and Rocky, someone else, and um, Eddie O was um, the moderator. Um, and so Mark Lazarus, the beat reporter for the Blackhawks for The Athletic, who is a wonderful writer and he's a great follow on Twitter in general, um, he rightfully asked the panel about what the plan is going forward. And he said it was for Danny. He did not say it was for Rocky. So I'm going to, he uh, transcribed everything. So I'm going to read the transcription of it. Um, I might skip around, but uh, this is, this is from Lazarus's transcription of the recording of what happened at the town hall. So he said, my question is for Danny. Okay, so this is, this was originally aimed at Danny Words. I know we're lo- he's the current chairman of the Blackhawks. He's took over as chairman of the Blackhawks, if I remember correctly. I know we're looking forward here, but I think we have to look back also. I think much of what happened to Kyle Beach stemmed from the power imbalance between a coach and a player and the powerlessness of a player in that situation. So what are the Blackhawks doing? What have they done and what will they do in the future to empower a player in a similar situation to make sure that doesn't happen again? So now Rocky, who's Danny's father, who was in charge of the Blackhawks, interjects and takes over the answer, not letting Danny answer. And and what, how I'm about to read it does not do it justice. If if you have time or you have it and you haven't seen it, please find the clip of it because you can. It 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 sounds even worse than it reads than how I'm going to read it to you right now. Agreed. Agreed. So he says, I'm going to answer the question, not Danny. I think the report speaks for itself. The people that were involved are no longer here. We're look, we're not looking back at 2010. We're looking forward and we're not going to talk about 2010. And so Lazarus rightly interjects and says, I'm not talking about 2010. He didn't ask about 2010. 
Rocky continues and said, I know, I'm not either. We're not going to talk about what happened. We're moving forward. That's my answer. Now, what's your next question? And Danny tried to, to answer. And he's and he said, I know I'm going to speak to what we're doing today. And Rocky doesn't even let him finish and says, no, that's none of your business. That's none of your business. What we're going to do today is none of your business. I don't think it's any of your business. Is it none of your business? And Lazarus, again, rightly asks, why is that not? How is that not my business? As the reporter of the team for the team and rocky says because i don't think it's any of your business you don't work for the company if someone in the company asks that question we'll answer it and i think you should get it get on the next subject we're not going to talk about kyle beach we're not going to talk about anything that happened now we're moving on what more do i have to say do you want to keep asking the same question ask the next question but so bad so i want to know is it is it none of your business is it none of our business is is it none of your business i wouldn't know and then Lazarus ended with saying, you said enough right there. I want to just, Lazarus asked one question <laughs> and it was a valid question. And it was. And so this happened, uh, like leading into the panel for, uh, like our TNT broadcast. And so the TNT panel, um, you know, spoke about it and Liam McHugh, the, I mean, he, just he was irate like he he was trying to let Anson Wayne and Rick talk but he was like so heated that he was just like isn't this what you have a town hall for to make it everyone's business no literally like and Wayne Gretzky was uncharacteristically critical I don't know if you guys saw his comments I I haven't but I didn't see like the video so he said, and it's funny because no, like for, to a normal person, this may not seem like that bad. But when Wayne Gretzky even goes even this slightly critical, you know, you fucked up because he's normally nice about everything. So he said, I was going to say that, like the fact that he even said something is making me know like, oh, shit. Yeah. So he said, <laughs> like, I'm sitting here up. thinking as a parent, you're sitting there going, my son's 18 years old and he's going to maybe be drafted by that team. I want to know my 18 year old son's going to be protected. Yeah. Which, on its own, if someone else said that, it's not that bad. But the fact that, again, that Wayne, that that's coming out of Wayne Gretzky's mouth speaks volumes. And the, the sentiment itself is almost just kind of like, ouchie. Yeah. Ow, 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 hurt, ow, ow, bad. But that's why it is our ow. business. That's why it should be everybody's yeah. business. Um, And then before, you know, like, we talk more, like, openly about it, my last tidbit of information is that... Bettman and Bill Daly had a press conference on Friday before the skills competition, and they barely brought it up. They only talked about other upcoming events, the upcoming slate of events, who's having the next Winter Classic, who's having the next All-Star Game, yada, yada. Um, But someone did ask him about this situation, and Bettman, he gave a long-winded answer, but basically the summary is, it was just just an an emotional outburst, and he said quote-unquote, it was because of Kyle Beach, quote-unquote. Again, placing blame on the victim as opposed to the team that's failed to protect him and is now trying to burrow away and hide from it now that it was settled and it's quote-unquote over. Yeah. Yeah. So, please, speak your minds now. 
I mean, my my main thing, and I I retweeted somebody who who said something similar today, so I want to find that so I can thank them. Yeah. So we have this quote: "What happened to that franchise because of Kyle Beach and with Kyle Beach, right?" Yeah. Which is ick. Um, and the tweet is from the account um, Sappy Sapphic. So thank you, Sappy Sapphic. Um, um, basically said the problem was never Aldrich, but Kyle Beach for not keeping quiet. Yep. And I think that that really sums this up. So shout out Sappy Sapphic. Um, but in all seriousness, I think that, you know, we've always known that the NHL is a poorly run league. I don't think that, and this could be because I'm young and because I grew up watching the sport. I didn't realize it was this corrupt until probably this situation i always just knew like oh like gary batman kind of sucks or like oh like these coaches are like mean or whatever but i think this situation has really not opened my eyes but maybe held my eyes open to realize what this is like and i think that that sentence really sums it up you know the problem was never what aldridge did the problem was that kyle beach didn't keep his mouth shut and the fact that like that's the reality is just heartbreaking and it shouldn't be the reality um and i mean yeah just just to just to reiterate once again we don't think that and we've been saying that we don't think that since we've been covering the situation um and it i don't want to say it sucks that we have to keep talking about it because i can only imagine how much it sucks to be in this situation um but i mean it's just all in all just a very uncomfortable very scary situation just to be watching um like i said can only imagine what it's like to be involved in it um and i think i think that about sums up my thought just just disgusting this just keeps getting worse and worse and uh, and also ooh, i wanted to say when you see women and like sexual assault survivors talk about this like please like support them because i've seen far too many men talk about this who have little to no experience with the subject matter and it frustrates me um and also if if you're tweeting about this just put the little trigger warning at the top it's it's not that hard it takes you five seconds to type twsa um and that could really help somebody from reading something that they probably shouldn't read that is all off my soapbox (laughs) (laughs) snaps (sighs) snaps all around (laughs) thank you rough ariel you have the floor i don't even know anymore like honestly (laughs) me (laughs) like literally that's all i have is i don't even know anymore um because i didn't watch the video but that's like i guess either one i should say the actual like thing that the actual event that took place and then um the response later on tnt because i just like get secondhand like cringe from like conversation Mm -hmm. so i was like "Mm, i'm just gonna read it and yeah, um, as we said, uh, it's none of our business, apparently. Um, it's just none of our business. I I don't, that's the thing is truly, I really don't know what you can say anymore about this mm. situation that like we haven't already said that that plenty of other people have already said in, in regards to this. Like, no, it's very much like our business when when, you know, I can't even get words out right now. Um, no, it's like very much something that should be asked. And there was, there was no way they didn't know 
that that was going to happen, that that question was going to get asked. And I think one of the, I don't know if I want to say most important things is afterwards, I know they, I know that Bart, both Mark and the other, I forget the other guy's name who was involved in this as well, that I think also asked a question, um, mm-hmm. was that Danny did come up after them and say, like, I'd love to talk about this, basically. Like, that he yeah. wanted, like, he clearly wanted to answer the question. So that's at least a positive sign that they do want to fix things. I mean, I don't know how much you can fix after that <laughs> took place, but, and, and I think what kind of sucks, just to put it simply, is the fact that it, it seems like, obviously the NHL isn't going to do anything about it. Um, they've already said there there's going to be no, like, punishment or anything for it. And just kind of calling it an, an emotional, like, outburst. Okay. That's what <laughs> we're going to call it. I mean, I think an emotional outburst is not uh, any of what just happened there. I think that's, unfortunately, I think that's truly how he feels. It is, it is yeah. nobody else's business because the organization got caught, you know, doing yep. something they shouldn't have been doing. And at this point, you're playing the game of, no, we didn't do it. No, you need, we don't need to talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I don't know. It's just hard to even come up with words anymore because it's just like the yeah. fact that that's still a feeling in the organization. And, and who knows if he's the only one that feels that way because I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't. But the fact that, you know, all this time later and with everything that's come out and all the other things that, you know, have come out since then, it's just crazy that we're still, that we're still here, basically. Like, I don't even, I don't even know. It feels like, to me anyway, that Rocky Wirtz is basically acting like the kid that got caught with their head in the cookie jar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Pretty much. And... It's and and you made a good point about Danny and I I do feel bad in a sense for Danny in that he's basically inheriting his father's mess and he's try and he's trying to and he's trying to clean it up and he's trying to repent and trying to at least from what I've seen from his actions and the fact that he tried to step in in this in the case with this question he just got railroaded by his own father um it seems like he's trying to repair the image of, of, you know, this is his family's legacy. This is his legacy, own, ha- owning mm. this team and running this team. And hit, Rocky can't seem to get out of his own way. And, and I've seen other people say this, and I do agree that Rocky needs to go. I don't think it was enough that he just stepped out of his position and he's still involved, in, but he's still involved in the organization. He just needs to stay as far away from the Chicago Blackhawks as possible. Just, here's the thing that needs to disappear and we never talk about again. Like, that's it. And then let the organization try to to salvage itself. Um, I don't know if it ever will, just because they still employ Patrick Kane. They hired Marion Hossa and Patrick Sharp to help hire their new GM. They haven't done much to address the logo situation. So... Mm. I mean, I don't know if, like, we'll ever come to a time where people are like, okay, the Blackhawks, maybe we can, like, be cool with them again. But this is just not the the steps to take at all. And I just feel so horrible for Kyle Beach that he has to sit here because he's the only one with with a name involved in it, right? Yeah. You know, there is John Doe 2 and now John Doe 3 who is suing the Blackhawks as well. But... 
they don't have their names attached to it. Kyle bravely came forward and identified himself. But now, in turn, that comes with him sitting here and hearing the commissioner of the league say, this is so unfortunate because of what Kyle did. (laughs) Not because of what the organization did to cover up the deplorable, horrible thing that happened to him. And he has to live with with us for the rest of his life. Um. It um it sort of reminds me of uh on a on a smaller scale and on a larger scale. I'm taking a public relations class this semester, which I think that the Chicago Blackhawks organization could benefit from. But we talked about how um when the oil spill happened in the Gulf a couple of years ago, um, the president of BP was on video saying something like. I just want my life back or like, I just want my weekends free again or something like that. And everybody was kind of like, well, how do you think the birds covered an oil field? Um, and it reminds me a lot of like that in turn reminds me a lot of reactions during like, um, like the black lives matter surge in like summer 2020 when people were like, well, this is inconveniencing me. And it's like, okay, how'd you feel if you got shot? because of the culver champ um and i i'm sort of having a similar reaction to this how the blackhawks are like oh boohoo us this is so hard for us and i'm sitting here and i think you guys are feeling the same way we're just kind of sitting here like imagine being the one who got assaulted like like how dare you complain like it's just it almost feels unreal that they're managing to complain and make it about them but at the same time i'm not shocked (laughs) no i mean when you see when you see like logan may you reinstated when you see Mm. you know on a different side tony d'angelo get more chances when you see Mm -hmm. evander kane get led into this like get signed with another team and people are excited about having him around again like it's just, it, it feels like it's like a never-ending just cycle of, like, hmm. us people pointing out what's wrong with the hockey culture, hockey culture being like, oh, yeah, we should fix that, and then them proceeding to not fix it. And then something bad happens, and then we say, oh, well, this is what's wrong with hockey culture, and then hockey culture saying, oh, we'll fix it, and then back, we go back and, and round and round and round and round. Because this, <laughs> yep. this isn't the first aspect of the sport that has been brought to light this isn't the first time that sexual assault in hockey has been brought to light i think back to sheldon kennedy who i don't know if either of you know who he is but he was a player i want to say in the 80s and the 90s but he was also assaulted but he was assaulted when he was playing in in junior um and he just kept it inside until he was a professional and he finally and he came out about it um and i think he was like one of the first players that really spoke out about it but that was happening to him all that time ago. And it's still happening. And he spoke out about yeah. it and said, like, I like I believe he said, like, he knew that he wasn't the only kid that this was happening to from this coach. And which is just so, and so beyond heartbreaking. And then so and then you re- and of course, when that comes out and you realize, like, OK, this coach is doing this, he can't be the only coach. And this was, again, that long ago. And now, and you still have that problem. And Daniel Carcillo comes out about hazing and still hazing stuff happens. And it, it again, it's that cycle of like something being brought to light, saying it needs to be fixed, 
promises that change will be made and then change done no change gets made and we go around and around and around and around um so hope i mean i mean there's nothing i mean we've said this over and over again that we just hope that things finally change but who knows if they ever will yeah and that's i mean i there's i mean there's there's, there's, yeah yeah i mean what else is there to say really i mean god it's just all horrible um and let's go on to something lighter shall we uh yes Yes. let's let's talk about all-star weekend because the game just ended like a half hour ago um did not watch yeah well jen you had better things to do and honestly i wish i had better things to do so uh let's start with yesterday because yesterday at least in my opinion the skills competition is always better than the actual all-star game itself i agree i would always do like um when we like saw people and did things um pre-2020 i would always like do something for the skills competition rather than the all-star game like i would like have people over and like get my chips and dip out for the skills competition and then just not watch the all-star game um which is how it should be um so yes i agree yeah it's better so uh ariel and i watched it watched yeah, well we both watched it pretty much in full and then jen you said you watched some of the skills on friday yes okay. yeah so the tldr again the little recap is that they had the usual suspects of competitions they had the fastest skater the hardest shot the accuracy and they brought back the breakaway contest which made me very happy and then they yes. added two new events that had never been done before they did a fountain face-off thing in the middle of the big Bellagio fountain in Vegas. Very strange. And then this weird 21 and 22 blackjack thing where the players shot pucks at playing cards to like try to make blackjack. I didn't really get it. Whatever. So I didn't like that. I understand it was like for like for the theme, for the culture. Um, but I was not a fan. Uh, apparently, so it was pre-recorded, which also felt really strange when the Bellagio thing was live. So it was dark outside by the Bellagio. Fountain, oh, the Bellagio they... wasn't live. Okay, it wasn't live, but it was later in, in the but night. But yes, so the I know what you meant. Down. I know what you meant. <laughs> it was sort of the actual time of the event, so the sun was down. Yes, so it looked and like yeah. it could have been. Then they went to the 21 and 22 thing, and it's like midday outside and i'm very obviously we know you didn't take this just out all right very strange um and apparently they edited parts out of the 21 and 22 thing that actually made it more interesting like it was actually closer than they made it seem which oh why would you edit that out then um overall for me so nhl overall for me except for the breakaway contest i thought it was kind of boring I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I mean, that was the only thing that I really paid attention to just because that's, like, my favorite event every year. But like you said, um, the the pre-existing events were sort of – they sort of went down how I expected them to go down, which is fine. They're fun. Um, it, it was the new events that I was sort of like, why? Well, I know why. Like, the blackjack thing, Vegas, whatever. And just the fountain thing, like – It was hard to follow. I saw people – yeah, and I saw people talking about it on the timeline before I had actually seen footage of it. So I saw people kept saying the word fountain. And you can laugh at me, but my initial reaction was like, oh, is that like a sponsor? Like, is it like Fountain Bank? Like, nope. it's the fountain, it's the chow- whatever. And then, yeah, and then I saw the footage from it and I was like, 
oh, I was like, okay. Um, so I, I think we could kind of agree on that. The, the breakaway challenge is the best. The pre-existing ones were sort of as expected. And then the new stuff was. Oh, I forgot about the save streak. My huge gripe about the save streak was that they made it tandem. So that each division's tandem. Yeah. Like could win or lose. It wasn't individual goalie save streak. And that pissed me off because Freddie Anderson got dragged down by Tristan Jerry. Agreed. (laughs) Big agree on that one. And it makes me so angry. Fuck this fountain shit and just let each goalie get their save streak. That's my soapbox on that one. I can can we title episodes with bad words? Because fuck this fountain shit would be incredible. I mean, I could put asterisks. Um (laughs) screw this fountain the stuff, only thing guys. that i li- liked about the fountain thing was that um the fountain face-off is what they called it um is that jocelyn lamaru was uh one of the participants and yeah she came in third very uh, cool but at the time she like kicked everybody's ass because no one knew how to do it at first so she just kicked everybody's ass and went like five four for four like right away um as she should. And unfortunately, on like BR Open Ice, we posted footage of it, and there were so many misogynistic comments being like, Why is she participating in the NHL All Star game? Like, what? So dumb. It's so dumb. A it, fucking skill it reminds <laughs> It reminds me of when Decker participated a couple years ago and she beat everyone, and they were like, Oh, like, even though you beat everyone, like, you were there as, like, an exhibition, so, like, you don't win the prize for winning. <laughs> well, that was for Kendall when she did the fastest skater, too. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just bad. Bad. Um, bad. <laughs> but what wasn't bad was the breakaway contest. I absolutely loved the breakaway contest. Agree. Yeah. Um, Trevor Zegris scored probably the most disgusting the most goal disgusting. I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, my God, Yeah. That was And he still insane. lost. He lost because John Hamm gave Alex Petrangelo a 19. Mance didn't even score. And John Hamm gave him a 19. Out of 10. No, it's fine. It's fine, guys. It's fine. And also, Zegras didn't even technically win outside of that. They gave Jack Hughes more points for magically bringing a little kid out of a box. Yeah, like... I wasn't the thing with Hughes's one is like it just took too long for me. Agree. I was going to happen here. I mean, it was like cute because then I liked the whole like throwing the stick into the crowd thing. Like that it ended cute. really cute, but I was like, can we like what is it? What is the your one magic? thing about it doing? though? The one thing about it that absolutely sent me wasn't even like wasn't even the actual skit itself. It was afterwards at ESPN. Mark Messier. I think he's obsessed with Jack Hughes and he was talking about it like afterwards and he's like because he was one of the judges so he went back up to like the ESPN booth to talk about it and he was like guys when Jack Hughes had that cape on and he was skating around that box I was mesmerized I'm like the bar is literally on the floor if you're mesmerized by a 20 year old a 19 year old when he skates skating around a magic box with a cape on like are we kidding like did you not just see trevor zegris like score blindfolded with dodgeballs being thrown at him 
<laughs> Even Kirill Kaprizov, like Kirill Kaprizov did an Ovi impression, which I thought was so precious because he grew up idolizing Ovi, right? And this is like one of the first moments yeah. in a long time where we've seen a player like be able to play with or like attribute something to their idol who's still playing. Like, yeah, I I thought that was very so cute. I thought that was very cool and also on like sort of a deeper level, I think that a lot of people really frown upon like fan culture. I mean specifically fan girl culture, but I guess you could say fan culture in general like having a favorite player even could get someone to like give a shit for it. Yeah. Um and I I think the way that he just completely embraced this fan culture thing and i mean i've been seeing tweets about it all day just like revealing more details about like i saw that like um he had somebody like write ov on yeah, the stick so, tape so what happened was was like so like he's the opposite handedness of ov yeah which i think is like that's what makes it even more spectacular because he scored a, an amazing goal and he did it with he used a right-handed stick even though he's a lefty so he used Insane. a right-handed stick and kuznetsov helped him he tied it the way he taped it the way Ovi tapes it and wrote Ovi on it for him. Didn't it say that he named his cat after Kuznetsov too? Did Kuzi. I see that? Yeah, his cat's name is Kuzi. So, like, there he is, like, tri- tributing his idol with his- and his other idols helping him. Like, I just thought that was so sweet. And someone said something that I find really also heartwarming is and good for the game, quote unquote, is that, and they're right is that Ovi has been criticized a lot for, like, his passion and his, like, the way that he just, like, behaves off, like, on and off the ice. He was, like, you know, hockey players don't have personality, but he has personality. And, you know, now it's more commonplace, but when he started out, it really wasn't. And he was loud and he was passionate and he was bold and he, you know did everything, you know, in a big and loud and person of per- like personality way. And for that to resonate so much with Kirill and yeah. he's showing the impact that it had on him is just such a testament to Ovi. And I don't understand why people don't like him. I've never understood why people don't like him other than just like, he's not on my team. I don't like, like, and I don't like him. <laughs> like to, yeah. to genuinely not like him. I don't understand it. The man drinks mm. Coke and Dr. Pepper during games. Like, what is there not to like? <laughs> yes, and like he's just he's like I said, like every time he goes out on the ice, he's like having the time of his life. And honestly, like in a sport that, like we sort of said before, can be so corrupt and like such a downer, like to be blunt. Um, I I think it's it's cool to see somebody love the game so much and like for him to like you said, Sam, like, idolize that and then, like, bring that to the All-Star game. And especially because Ovi wasn't able to go. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really special I would have, like, tribute. cried if he did it in front of Ovi. Like, if Ovi was there, yeah. I would have been <laughs> full-on sobbing because Ovi would have just been so happy and he would have had that big, like, toothless smile on his face and he just would have been the happiest yeah. person in the world. Uh. But he tweeted at it him. Just... <gasps> yeah. The the fact that they have a video of like him finding out that he tweeted about him yeah. nearly made me cry. I just love it. I just love all of that because I think like I, it's yeah, it's so great. Because like I said, it's, it's like just... the first instance where we've seen like a a player that's like closer to our age. Like he's yeah, like, he's a year younger than me. Um, mm-hmm. like be able to play with his heroes and show 
his like fanboyingness <laughs> for his heroes to them. I think it's just so sweet. I think it's so cool. And there were pictures of like Zegris with Ovi and everything. I, I really wish Ovi could have been there. And it's funny because it was like the one All Star game he was actually going to go to. <laughs> and then, like, and then like, he got COVID. I have to go. Um. However, the rest of those players. Most most of the players, there are, were a few exceptions, but most of the players looked like they would rather be anywhere else but there. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I saw like um I saw like a meme of McDavid and it was like him skating around the ice with a straight face and the caption was like, motherfucker, I could have been at the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, no, literally. And like um, Sebastian Ajo, like I made a joke, but it's kind of true. Like he went four for four on the accuracy and he just like ripped it. I'm like, yeah, he's fucking pissed because he's not in Miami with the other Finnish players from his team. Like that's where he'd rather be. Yeah. Um, and some, and the players just had such sassy answers to everything. Like they just didn't want to be there. Like uh, Claude Giroux got knocked out of the fountain face off thing. And they were like, Claude, like, how does it feel to get like knocked out? And he's like, it was awful. <laughs> just straight face. It feels awful. The, that and- was it him who was like, it's cold. I don't want to stand out no, there because it's cold. It was uh, Stamkos. Well, he Stamkos. did say, I would say yeah. Drew did say it was cold. But yeah, Stamkos was the one with the best answer yeah. to that. Stamkos, when they were doing the 21 in 22 thing. They were like, mm-hmm. uh, like, I forget what they said, to, like what prompted it, but he was like, I don't want to be here all night. I've lived in Florida for 15 years. I'm fucking cold. I'm like, <laughs> like I'm like, much. same. Pretty much. Like, um, no one wanted to be there. The sassiest answers to all yeah. the questions. I think another funny moment with McDavid was when they were interviewing, like, Everly on the bench. And, like, at first, like, McDavid was looking over to, like, cracking up that he's doing an interview and then just immediately straight face rest of yep. the time. Like, <laughs> like when Everly's like, talking about him, he's just straight face, like, no emotion yeah. whatsoever. He did crack like, a smile a little bit, though, when Everly was like, I think they're ha- they're happier to be back with me than I am to be back with them, which I thought was funny. Yeah. Like, Oops um, can't show emotion at all. The only the only people who looked like they were having fun were, like, the young guys, because it was their first time, and then, like, yeah. Jack Campbell and Chris Kreider. Jack Campbell and Chris Kreider come off to me as people who are happy no matter where they are like they just walk mm. into a room and they're like i'm here life is great i i'm a professional athlete this is the best day ever i love life like they just seem like the two happiest people like everywhere they go they're just so happy to be there and then you have like mcdavid who's been in perpetual distress since he got drafted by Fair. honestly that seems like the best like, his, like his internal monologue is just screaming at the top of his lungs the whole time but he's just Probably. like straight face like <gasps> Oh my gosh, but it's just so funny that like literally none of them want to be there and then they're getting like prompted all these questions and they're just like, I don't fucking know. I don't want to be here. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, go- going off of off of that, um honestly for me, I think it was a lot of the commentating that like made the events like not good. Cuz I was actually like I kind of liked the the Bellagio Fountain one, but I think it could have been so much better if the announcing mm. just wasn't just like Oh, how did it feel to get knocked out? What's it like out there? Were well, you able to prepare for this? Do you remember who was commentating it? Um, it was Derek England and Derek England and the coach of yeah. the coach, the host of Canada Family Feud. Oh, I was gonna say couldn't <laughs> have told said, you that one. It was a recipe for disaster the minute it started. Could not have told you that one, but like it could have been so much better if the yeah. commentating was like Yeah good at all like i'm just gonna be flat out honest like the commentating wasn't 
good, which is why the players were just like, I don't know. Like, it sucks. It's yeah. cold. Like, well, I, and then yeah. I think Wierenski, when they asked him, like, were you able to practice this? Like, no, I didn't expect to be out on a fountain. Like, yeah, they were like, yeah, they were like, no, they were like do you prepare for this kind of stuff? He's like, no, I'm not usually out in the Bellagio fountain shooting pucks. I'm like, literally, like, it was just so sassy because you could tell. Like, I, I, I think this was the first like skills competition All Star game where like you could just feel the misery. Like the none pain. of them wanted to be there. Like it just like there were like I said more players than didn't want to be there than the ones that wanted to be there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the the funniest thing or one of the funniest things. I saw this um, shortly after Zegers' breakaway challenge was, I guess, um, Troy Terry helped him with that, and apparently, like, it was obviously told, like, don't hit him, but he yeah. said it was, like, so hard not to hit him. And then John <laughs> Gibson was like, oh, I only got to blindfold him, like, I wanted to hit him, like, I would have hit him. <laughs> like, come <laughs> after your own teammate, please. Yeah. And Zegers said he, like, couldn't actually see, and he was like, yeah, I think Gibby tied it too tight like all right like it was just great i giggle um the other thing the one not game related thing that i wanted to talk about i don't know if you guys saw the video of trevor zegris and uh jack hughes interacting with each other like in media day and jack hughes said to trevor zegris hey buddy you looking cute today with your little dress pants on i'm like all right, I've I've had enough. I've already had enough of you two, and we're on media day. Like shit hasn't even started yet. Um, I'm taking um a women and gender studies course this semester called Gender and Sexuality in the Arts, and our assignment this week was we were given um pictures, printed out pictures of random items, and we had to queer them, quote unquote, and in in other case, uh, make them gay. Um, so I had a, an iron, like a household iron, um, and I put it in drag. Um, but all of this to say that now that I had like that sort of, um, experience and the lesson that the professor taught is they're basically like, anything can be gay if like you think it's gay. And so now this whole week, I've just been having these little thoughts, everything that happens to me, I'm like, there's something kind of queer coded about like, like there's something. Oh no, that's the whole all-star game. And the everything I've seen about the all-star game I'm in my head like no that's kind of queer coded like that's kind of gay like no literally like and that was especially that I was like like, I saw a screenshot because at the end of the breakaway competition they were talking to AJ and they were like she was in between them and someone took a screenshot and were like these two are gonna get married by an Elvis impersonator tonight and I'm like like literally they would like I don't understand like this would happen they're going to get married at a Vegas chapel like I don't like watch out tonight guys like there's gonna be footage um so let's move on to the game itself really not much to say about it I mean the Metro beat the Pacific and the Central beat the Atlantic and then the Metro won the whole thing um Claude Giroux was MVP um he got the car um they also asked him if he had any words for Ovi that was why because of course he would so uncomfortable he was like, yeah. uh, no. But the, then the thing is, I'm pretty sure he laughed before that. Like, honestly, when when the question got asked, I thought it was going to be like a like an obvious, like, oh, Ovi, you know, who was going to captain, didn't get a chance to, but you got the chance to be captain. Like, 
you know, what did that mean to you? Or like the like, obvious, say like, say thanks softball. to him, I guess. Yeah, the obvious like yeah. softball question, but to be like, oh, he couldn't be here. Like, what do you have to say to him? Nothing. And it wasn't even the uh nothing. It was the I hope you get better said very much as a question and not a statement. <laughs> I hope you get better. Maybe I don't know. Maybe don't. Like I, I mean, I, I, I don't really better. want to face you. So I mean, take your time. I can't. Like they ask who's nuts off how Ovi feels about it, which, duh, they're teammates and friends. That makes sense. Don't ask yeah. Claude Giroux if he has anything to say to Alexander Ovechkin because the answer is nothing. He has nothing Literally. to say yeah. to Alex Ovechkin. Um, the other thing that I thought of when I said Metropolitan Division was so Jen. I don't know if you saw this part. Did you see the part where they had oh, the I musician know. come out? I'm... There was a magician. Oh my god, it was so uh, cringe. This is the worst part ever. So on Friday, they had a magician come. Right, he's like the America's Got Talent resident performer or something in Vegas, which like, right. you already know is cringe. So he comes out. And he has the mascots from the other division. So it was Carlton, Victory Green from the Stars, and mm. Gritty. Which, be- and- I'll say, before, before you continue, just because I have a quick... When they were uh, when they were showing the mascots, because my mom was watching with me, she was dying at Victory Green. I love Victory Green. It's so name. good. I love him. His Twitter account is great, by the way. Um... And, he is a fun follower. And so the magician was like, okay, Jonathan Marchessault was with Chance, the Vegas mascot on the other side. And mm-hmm. the, I'm going to paint this picture. So they all, they're all they all standing yes, there please. and the three other mascots from the other divisions have hockey sticks. They're holding them. And the magician has like a podium, right? And he's like, okay, so Jonathan Marchessault is going to pick the division that the Pacific is playing in the first round of the tourney tomorrow. Okay, so he puts the he. Hello, <gasps> I'm back. Okay, <laughs> I think anyway. Oh my god, um, the silence throws on me. I was having like I've been having major issues with my computer lately. I don't understand what's happening. That's um, so annoying. About the magic guy. So the magic. Yeah, so he had the division names and like these envelopes, right? Mm-hmm. And he gives them to Marchiso, and he he had already shuffled them a little bit. And then he says to Marchiso, "Okay, so now mix them up and and pick one, like mix them up, and then whenever you're done, like let me know." He literally shuffled them like once, and was like, "I'm done." <laughs> and the magician's like, "Okay, pick one." So he picks one, and he opens it, and th- they ask him to read the name on the on the card, and he just stares at it. <laughs> this is the moment we learn that Jonathan Marcheseau cannot read. Is illiterate. Like he, <laughs> he actually can't read. No, but he literally was looking at it and he was like, uh... Like he tried to say, like... Like he was trying to sound it out. It literally sounded like he was trying to sound it out. And the and then, like, oh. the magician leans over and goes, The Metropolitan Division! Not the, oh like, my god. Like, I'm like, he goes, oh, me- no. me- Metch, Metch, like a little kid. Like, yeah, he was reading. literally trying to sound it out. Like, he literally couldn't read it. Oh, bestie can't read. Like, and then so many people started like Jonathan Marchessault's illiterate like discourse on Twitter. Like, someone was like, "Why would you do that to him? You literally know they can't read." I'm like, <laughs> um. and then so many people were like, "Next year's All Star skill will be uh sound. We'll be reading aloud." And I'm like, imagine like reading aloud. <laughs> I'm like, stop. Honestly, though. 
like i just felt so bad for him because i'm like he wasn't even supposed to be there he was there as an extra because they thought mcdavid wasn't gonna play but he actually did play so then they decided eh, we'll just have both of them play so he wasn't even supposed to be there and he's just standing there like meh 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 and then the magician's like the metropolitan division (laughs) and then like the rest of the magic trick was super cringe but like oh my god it was just jonathan marchiso like not being able to read was just no it's incredible honestly one of the highlights of the weekend and because he he was jared 19 (laughs) (laughs) unable to read the funniest thing too about the well, the thing with Marjuso is, like, let me tell you, when he got announced, I'm like, so who's not going? Who's not going? Like, what is it? <laughs> the amount of, like, every time I was trying to think, like, what's going on? Like, I was actually too invested in him, like, being there and trying to figure out why. So when they said it on the broadcast, I was like, oh, my God, thank you. <laughs> like, I yeah, was seriously uh, like, Mick- why is he here? Mick David's knee was, like, sore or some shit. So they, yeah. thought, they, were, like, they thought he wasn't going to play. And-, and then they were like... Marjuso, don't leave. Don't go to Mexico because apparently he was going to Mexico well, with his family. He was and actually then... already there. <laughs> that was the funniest thing. <laughs> he was already in Cabo. He found out he was going to be added. Like, I think they said two days. He was already in Cabo for like two days. And he found it like in the back of a cab that he had to come. He's like, oh, well, Cabo will always be there. The NHL All Star game won't. So I guess I'm going. Yeah, you'll go and then out yourself as not being able to now read. Now he's so like, God, I wish I stayed in Cabo. Cabo. <laughs> like... I, I will say, though, his kids were very cute. They were out on the ice in their jerseys, and I'm a sucker for when the jerseys say daddy on the back. Yeah. And there said daddy on the back, which was very cute. Um, Screaming and crying. The only other thing I wanted to talk about was um, Machine Gun Kelly's performance. Because I enjoyed it. And I enjoy okay. his music, and that's my truth. I knew. And I need to speak I was say, I knew one song. I knew the what was it? My ex's best friend, because I have that on my phone. No, it's catchy. Um, I I would argue that most of his most recent album is catchy. I just think he does and says things that are so atrocious. <laughs> I won't say atrocious because they're not like morally bad. Like no, he's I just don't. Weird. I don't yeah, think he's like like it's not like. Oh, he's racist. Oh, he's sexist. Like, no, he just like has a little screw loose. Um, but like, and don't we all? I, li- I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, I I listened to his his latest banger, "Emo Girl" featuring Willow Smith today. I love the representation for emo girls. I feel seen. <laughs> it was so fun. I so my mom and I. Brief story. I know we're coming up on time, but brief brief MGK story time is that my mom and I went to Cleveland over the summer um, to visit one of my friends who lives in Elyria, which is like twenty minutes outside of Cleveland. And we were like looking for touristy little things to do. We went to the aquarium Did you go to his coffee shop. You know exactly where I'm going. We went to the aquarium. <laughs> um, we went to, um, they have the house where the movie A Christmas Story was filmed. So we went there. Um, we went to the 27 Club. We found a decent amount of things to do. And when we ran out, we did um, attend a little brunch at MGK's The 27 Club um, restaurant, if you can call it a restaurant. And so um not to not to expose machine gun kelly um if you would like to come on the podcast and defend yourself and your food um feel free but i think he's been there once so i don't know how much defending you literally um it was it was really hot obviously because it was the summer and 
I wasn't, you know, I thought we could just walk in and get food, but unfortunately there was a line um, outside and I, we waited for over an hour. I don't want to be dramatic and say two, but we definitely waited for over an hour. Um, and the line goes like, like there's a little, like little accessibility ramp. Thanks MGK for the accessibility. Um, there's a little ramp like up to the door. Um, and then once you get inside, then you've got like a little, a little other line to go to. And then I, because I'm dumb, thought that it was like a restaurant. Like you sit down and like eat. No, 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 not from Mr. Kelly. Um, which is what my mom calls him, Mr. Kelly. Um, so we wait outside and we sweat. And then we get to the front and we realize that there are all these people that are getting let in because they're just getting like takeout. So I'm like, oh, like stupid little me wants to take silly little pictures inside here. And that's why I have to wait an hour. Okay, whatever. So we get inside, we get up to the counter. Um, we got, I got like an acai smoothie thing, um, which was fine. It was a little warm, um, but it was fine. And then I think my friend Erica got like chai something um, and we got, we're like, what kind of food do you have? And the only like lunchy type thing that they had was a pizza. And I should have known not to get pizza outside of New York. Um, I should have known not to get pizza outside of the Northeast even. Um, and it was... Um, it was, it tasted like Chuck E. Cheese pizza, but I wasn't in Chuck E. Cheese, so I didn't get, like, the fun nostalgia part of it. It was just <laughs> shitty pizza. Um, so we got warm smoothie, we got shitty pizza, we're striking out. And the other thing is, like, once you go and order at the cash register, like, they were like, do you want any, like, merchandise, too? And I was like, oh, I don't know. But you're not gonna go and wait on the hour line again to get merchandise. So I got a silly little shirt. I have it. It's pink. Um, whatever. <laughs> and the thing is, like, the people that were working there that day, I don't, I don't know if they're still working there. I don't know anything about the 27 Club's wait staff. Um, but they, they, like, did not check on us. They, like, ran away before you could, like, order things from them. So we were just kind of sitting there, like, pizza in hand, like, not knowing what to do. And we ended up getting cinnamon rolls for dessert because they because they like pink cinnamon rolls or something and one server told us that we should get a serving of six one server told us we should get a serving of three it was all very confusing um and and the other thing is like it, you can tell that it's very much like it's a renovated like warehouse like yeah. i don't know what i thought it was gonna look like from instagram but like it's very much a renovated warehouse um and but i mean i got my little pictures i got my little instagram check done um so that's my so that's my machine gun kelly um experience I do i'm not think, going to lie i do want to go there dude you should for the instagram just like don't eat <laughs> i'll probably just get like a coffee and leave just, yeah um, yeah um but yeah i his album is like fine and catchy his 27th I, underwhelmed me i don't know why people want to gatekeep emo music all of a sudden because we never did in all the years up until now yeah. and now that it's making a resurgence because travis barker is taking everybody under his wing which i find nothing wrong with all of a sudden like he can't make emo music which like why the fuck not like i don't i don't understand the gatekeeping y'all we're supposed to be a welcoming scene we're supposed to you know like it's music if it's catchy it's catchy let it so slap true. like let it slap who cares who cares like i i just don't understand why we need to like 
why hating Machine Gun Kelly is like this new thing. I get it. Y'all are salty. He's engaged to Megan Fox, but there's nothing you can do about it. When's it my turn to be, <laughs> to be engaged, engaged to, to Megan Fox? No, literally. <laughs> like, I often wonder, like, who I want to be more in that relate. Like, do I want to be Megan Fox or do I want to be Machine Gun Kelly? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, understandable. They're just both beautiful humans. They're weird, but they're both beautiful. They're both very strange, though. Yeah. Yeah. There was a photo of Connor McDavid meeting Machine Gun Kelly. First of all, two human beings who could not be more different from each other. Um, and then it was like the quotes from like Megan Fox and, and Machine Gun Kelly was like, do you smoke weed? No, I am weed. And I was like, stop, because that's literally like the conversation that they would have, because that's the only thing they have in common is that they smoke weed. I know someone like posted something about like Connor McDavid and then what he looks like at the end of his tenure in Edmonton or something. <laughs> that's yeah, I think I think my favorite um Machine Gun Kelly Megan Fox moment has been um, when he said that there are like thorns in her engagement ring, yeah. so it hurts when she takes it off because love is pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was seen, my favorite. Have you seen the influencer that is pissed because apparently they stole her engagement ring design? No. So there's this influencer. I totally fucking forget her name, but apparently she thinks she's hot shit because her engagement ring went viral and it's an emerald next to a diamond in the same shape. Um. She like was like my video of my engagement ring got like 12 million views. So of obviously they knew about it and now she has the same engagement ring and they stole it from me. I'm like, calm down. I guarantee you they do not know slash do not care who you are or that your engagement ring is similar to hers. Yeah. I have to look it up because it was just crazy, but yeah, that was that was All Star Weekend, guys. It was a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, that was wow, doozy, doozy episode. And uh, before my laptop, before my laptop, before my computer decides to crash again, um, sure. let's just mention uh, really quick: uh, the women, U.S. women, are doing really well in the Olympics so far. They're two and zero. And Brianna Decker, unfortunately, in their first game, uh, hurt her leg. I believe it's broken. I don't know if they confirmed that yet. Um, but she's been in a boot um, since the first game. She got her leg caught underneath a Finland player and uh, got stretchered off the ice. She, I think they call, they're calling it a lower leg injury. I would assume it's at least a fracture if it's not a complete break. Um, and she's under pain management. She wants to stay in Beijing until the games are over. And then I guess she'll address it. She might need surgery. Um, but uh, I think I speak for all three of us when I say we're wishing her well. Yes. And that we're super bummed that she's not going to play because um, she is one of the best players for Team USA. And this is most likely her last Olympic Games. Um, so we're very sorry it happened. And we're, we're, we're wishing you well. We're supporting you and the rest of Team USA. And woo, they're 2-0. Yeah, woo. They play again tomorrow. They play again tomorrow morning against, I want to say, Switzerland. And then they're playing Canada on Monday. So... Two really big, exciting games that we'll talk about next week. Um, I don't know when the medal rounds are, so we may record before them or after them. Who knows? But whatever point in the tournament that they're up to, we'll talk about it. Um, because, honestly, who cares about the men? Because the NHL players aren't there. Um, yeah. 
and we'll probably talk more Olympics next time. But you know, when mm. you re- when you record thirty minutes after the All Star Game ends, you talk about the All Star Game, um, and we and we had to talk about the Rocky Word stuff. Um, so that's our episode for today. Yay! Do you guys have any parting things to say? Anything else to add? Um, this was um this was quite a mixed bag of an episode. Um. I, I hope everybody's doing okay. If if you're by me and it's really cold and icy out, be careful, stay warm. Um that's it for me. <laughs> I uh, love that. I, I second the stay warm because it's cold yeah. here right now. I think the 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 thing for me is um so I have avoided two storms in the past week or so. Um because when mm-hmm. I went to St. Louis, I was there for the storm here that uh i forget how many inches it was but like i was gone for it and then i left st louis and they got like murdered by uh oh wow ice snow i think my friend said they probably had about 10 or so inches i was like sick sick, avoided two storms and i got a puck so it was a great trip as you should i had to go to a second game to get it but i got it i'm proud of you I went to Whalers Night, which I didn't talk about, but it was great. Yay. And it was lovely. And I think they should have more Whalers Nights. Play bra- play Brass Bonanza on a loop. Thank you. It's a bop. And the I headbands agree. were amazing. They were amazing. <laughs> Derek Stepan yes. in a sweatband is my favorite. I love him. The best was because they had an option between a hat, a baseball hat, and the sweatband. And he chose the sweatband. He's like, so yes, that's my favorite I will part show about off that. this beautiful hair. <laughs> with my sweatband the bald father derek Stepan is the king of my life and he's a national the treasure. bald father incredible um and that's all my final statement and we hope you have a wonderful week and we hope you had a wonderful all-star weekend and if you really liked us you can follow us on twitter at beauties pod and uh you can listen to us if you this is your first time you can listen 37 more times because we have 38 episodes it's so that crazy that is crazy and uh we will see you guys next week Bye. Bye.